Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. I'm going to come from to, uh, to you from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. 1 Samuel, chapter 30. promise we're going to do this or he's going to do this we're looking for it to happen right away and God operates that way when he wants to but it's not always that way Joseph had a word that he was going to be great and, and he shared it with his, his, his family and the next thing you know he was in a pit 
being told, and he had to wait while he was on the way from the pit to the palace. And some of you have said, God has spoken that word to me, and it's, it's going to change my life. He's given me a promise, but you're having problems waiting for it. But not only that, you're having troubles and tribulations and trials while you're waiting for it to manifest. Well, he gave me a word. It's not bad enough that I have to wait, but now I have to deal with all these things. God gave me that promise, and you said it's God, and I know it's God. And just before, just as you got up off your knees and you left out the, the, the church and you thought everything was okay because I got this word from God and you're holding on it. And before you can even get out the door, the trials start. The imps start coming. It's as if the devil has loosed all the imps in hell to come and attack you. And Joseph had to go through that. He was going to be great, but he was sold into the pit, into slavery. And he said, God, what is going on? But you have to learn things. You have to learn that when God gives you a word, there's going to be times that you're going to have to learn to stand Straighten your shoulders, dig in, and stand in the valley of not there yet, but I'm on my way. Because when God gave you that word, when he spoke that word, you were on your way. Because that word was on your way to you. So you can't always expect that this is going to happen. God thought enough of you to speak a word into your life. But you remember, as soon as he spoke that word, it was on the way. When I finished college, God told me to move from home to Indiana to be a constructioner at the steel plant. I thought I was going to be a big designer, a big architect. But little did I know that everything that happened at that steel mill was making me ready for this point in time. You can't be doubtful of when you have word from God and you have to go through. And it was tough up there. It was not easy up there. It was tough. But I had to wait on the word for God to be manifested. I had to keep going. God told Abram he was going to have to leave his city and leave his home and he was going to be the father of many nations but look what he had to go through. Sometimes we're going to have to go through fiery furnace. We're going to have to walk through the rage and see. And our family may tell us that we're crazy. The family may plot against us. They may turn our back on us. But you have to remember, God gave you a word and you are on your way. You don't see it. You can't understand why you have to go through all this. But you're on your way. And this is where David is at this point in time. You remember God said he was anointed David as king because he rejected Saul for all his wrongdoing and he anointed David as king. God is not a man, she should, he should lie. He told David he's going to be king, but right now David's not having too good a time of it. David's having to run. David's having to do all types of things. So let's look at David's life after he was anointed king. Let's look at little points of his life. David was anointed king, but he became a servant in the house of Saul. He's on his way. He's learning humility. He was a servant. 
our Lord Jesus Christ took off his robe and put on his towel. He was a servant. He left us a, a model to go by. Anointed king, but became a servant. David was anointed king, but became a warrior. He's on his way. He had to learn how to fight persecution. He had to learn how to fight all the things that were going to come against him. He had to get battle ready for everything that was coming against him. So he became a warrior. David was anointed king, but because and became Saul's armor bearer, but he's on his way. When you are armor bearer, you were close with the king back then. And when you were close with the king, you learned his thoughts. You learned his patterns. You learned his ways. So while he was an armor bearer, that was preparing him for the time that he was going to have to run from Saul because sometimes he outwitted Saul because he knew what he was doing. He was on his way. He was anointed king, but he became his musician. Well, what does that have to do with anything? He learned to bring peace. Because in those days, when you had these spirits coming, they believed that the musicians, the music would calm them. The music would make them a little bit more uh, 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 at peace when these spirits would come on them. So he became a musician. All these things, and there were more, but I'm not going to go into that David had to go through. He was appointed king, but he had to go through a training period. All of these things were training David for these things that he was going to have to deal with once he got into be king, while he was running, but it's pretty bad. He was anointed king and ended up having to Find peace in the land of the Philistines, Israel's enemies. It's pretty bad when you can't find peace among your own people. And Christians there. You know, I hate to say it, but it's true. Sometimes the worst people in the world to deal with are some, some of the church folk. It's true anyhow. What does that have to do with that? You would think that with your own people you could find peace. But David had to go and live with his enemies, with God's enemies. Why did he do that? What did that do? It gave him greater insight as to what the Philistines was doing. It gave him insight as a king, what he would have to deal with. But all these things David had to deal with, even though he had a word from God, he was anointed to be king and he's running from Saul you know people will tell you anything we did a production this Christmas and there was this lady Miss Miss Carol I think it was Miss Carol and Miss Carol was saying y'all ladies y'all need to do this and you need to do this and this is what the Bible says, and this is what the Lord says. And one lady said, and, and, and Sister Walker, I hope I'm getting this right, said, well, Miss Carol, are you doing what the Bible tells us to do, what you were telling us to do? And Miss Carol said, do as I say and not as I do. She was telling them all these things to do, but she wasn't doing it. Let me tell you something. If you don't remember anything else I tell you, your words speaks volumes about you. If somebody shows you who they are, you better believe it. And Saul was telling David, 
well, you know, you're my armor bearer and you're my this, but all the time his actions showed that he was trying to kill David. He, David and, 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 and um, Jonathan, thank you, my mind slipped there. Jonathan, they got into a discussion. I think it was in the, um, the 20, 29th verse. They were talking all about David said, your dad's trying to kill me. He said, no, no, he's not. He wouldn't do that. He missed dinner the first day. He missed dinner the second day. And when Saul asked him about it, this is his action now. When Saul asked him about it, he said David wasn't here. He threw a spear at his son because he wanted to kill David. Your action speaks louder than word. He told his son, I didn't want to kill him. But then his action proved it. So be careful when these people tell you that they are this and you all this. No, no. You watch their actions of what they are doing. So, let me get back to So, David wanted to kill Saul, and he was trying to do everything he could to stay away from, from Saul. So, he landed in the land of the Philistine. And he landed there, and God allowed him to be there because he was not, at the time, attacking God. He even tried to work and fight with Achish because Achish was fighting some people that were not God's uh, enemies. So he decided, I can go there and I can fight with them. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point that we, we're going to uh, read a little bit more. He said, well, I can fight with them, but the thing is, he got rejected. He said, no, you can't fight with us, so you need to go back to Ziglag. And that brings us up to 1 Samuel 3, 1 and 8. When he went Back to Ziglag, he found that it was burnt. And he found that the Amalekites had done this. And they took captive the women and all those who were with him, small and great, without killing anyone and carried them off. David made that three-day journey back to find his family was gone. Their belongings was gone. Everything that he had had accumulated was gone. And see, we have to understand that God calls us to live by faith. And he didn't call us to live by faith because we're not going to have trials. He didn't say you're not going to have trials. People have the wrong impression that once I accept God and once I say I'm going to live by faith, I'm not going to have any problems. No, when you accept God, when you say, God, I am living for you, that's when the enemy is going to come. He's going to try to tear you down, and you have to live by faith. You said, God, you told me my child was going to be home, but it's not home yet. God, you said I was going to be healed, but I'm not healed yet. And the reason you need to have faith is not to eliminate these things. It's not to move the trials out of the way. It's because you're going to have to have faith to walk this journey called life. There are going to be things that will constantly come against you. You may think you're living the best life you can, but faith is going to come. And David and his men are having a bad time. They need their faith. David wanted to find out where these Amalekites come from. Why did they come and do this horrible deed? And now David's in a situation for things that come from bad to worse. While he was waiting on the fulfillment of God's promise. 
Now, there are two important things I want to mention mention to you. David's men were so overcome by grief, they wanted to stone David. Emotions. Point number one. Don't let your emotions cause you to take your focus off of God. And cause you to walk away from God and do the devil's work. What do you mean? The devil wants to distract you. He wants you to take your focus off of God and get into your emotion and lose your promise. That's the devil's work. That's what he wants you to do. Think about it. They wanted to stone David. What was God have all the time? He said that the Savior will come from the line of David, from the throne of David. So if they stone David, there's no throne for Jesus to come through. They'll be doing the devil's work, getting rid of the foundation. God is your God. He's the one that gave his only begotten son for you. Don't let your emotions. So many times we get upset, and I've done it myself, and my wife just looks at me. And I should know better by now because that wife, she can look at you, boy. Uh, but we let our emotions get carried away with us. And a lot of times we lose the things that we are promised by God, not because of somebody else, but because we let our emotions take hold of us and run wild. Don't let your emotions cause you to abort your blessings. Second point is, it said David found strength in the Lord. The Hebrew translation says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Saints, when trouble finds you, it's not time to go blaming this person or that person. It's not time for you to go try to find out, I can do this on my own. It's, it's not time for you to, to want to stone somebody. It's not time for you to decide that you've got the brains to get it out. This is the time for you to seek God. Your psychology won't help you. You need to turn to the author and finisher of your faith. That's what David did. He turned to God. But let me stop and, and, and say this. Let me say this. that Somebody needs to know that there are times when you're going to need to encourage yourself. Why do I say that? Most times we decide, I'm waiting on sister so-and-so. I'm waiting on brother so-and-so. But there are going to be times when you're at a point that you are down to your lowest and the person you think caused the problem didn't cause the problem. And you're getting ready to stone them. So you might as well put that stone down because it's the enemy that caused your problem. But it says that David encouraged himself in God. David didn't get mad at the men. The men were mad at David. But it's not about the men. It's not about David. It's all about God. There's no need for you to go looking for a plot and for a way that you're going to get back at at, at your brother or sister. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. When you belong to God, 
your troubles belong to God, your heartaches belong to God, your enemy belongs to God, your disappointments belong to God. Everything you have belongs to God. And when you get in the valley of trouble, the only thing you can do is encourage yourself in God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of not there yet, it means that you are desperate enough that you're not going to just sit around and wait for somebody, something to happen or somebody to come and, and, and rescue you or encourage you. You're going to seek God for yourself. Some of you are just waiting for somebody to come and encourage you. Some of you are at a place where you need to encourage yourself and get back those things that God taught you. It's time for you to remember who God is and arm yourself with God's word and know that God can bring you out when nobody else can. You're at a place now when you can get help not from mama, not from daddy, not from sister, brother, friend. You're at a place where only God can get you out. But it's going to take you encouraging yourself. It's going to take you getting in the mirror and looking at yourself and say, hey, hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You've gone from trial to trial to trial, from one mess to one mess. But it's time for you to say, I know the God I serve. And the God that I serve, the good work that he started in me, he is going to finish it. Whatever he started, he's going to finish it. God said we should thank him in all things. Why do I say all things? Because no matter what you're going through, if you're going through the valley, God is with you. If you're on the hilltop, God is with you. So it don't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your situation is. God is with you. So thank God in all things. Thank him for that trial. Why are you going to thank him for that trial? Because while you're going through that trial, God is doing something in you. You're getting prepared for the next challenge because you're going to go through. You got to understand I said through. You're going to go through, but unless you decide to camp out. You need to gird yourself with faith. Get a praise back in your mouth. Get a word back in your mouth. And let's go through this thing. Just tell yourself, let's go through this thing and see what God's going to do. Because I know he's going to show up. I don't know how he's going to show up. I don't know what he's going to do, but let's go through this thing. Hey, you, yeah, I'm talking to you in the mirror. Let's go through this thing. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to get your own anointing oil and anoint yourself. You can't wait for everybody. If you wait for everybody all the time, sometimes you'll be dead. You'll be destroyed. You sat under the word long enough that you got to have something in you. You've got to retain something God has said and say to yourself, in Jesus' name, not in my name. Don't do it in your name. In Jesus' name, I'm going to go through and see what's on the other side. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through that fiery furnace. And they, the, the king was upset and he heated up seven times. But they went through that fiery furnace. And when they came out of that fiery furnace, there was promotion on the other side. I'm going through to see what God got for me. I don't know how I'm going to get there. It may be tough. I may be on my deathbed. I may not. But I'm going through to see what God's going to do. I'm not going to let the devil have the last laugh. Don't let the devil make you stay away from church. Don't let him stop you from praying. Don't let him stop you from, from praising the Lord. Go through. 
It's time to encourage yourself. Move out and take back your stuff. Move out and take your stuff. Verses 7 and 8. Let's read that right quick. Then David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, please bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought him the ephod. David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said, pursue. But he didn't only say pursue. The word he says, he said, pursue. For you will surely, somebody say surely. You will surely overtake them and shall recover and rescue all. Did y'all hear that? Rescue all. David encouraged himself. David sought the Lord. David didn't let his emotions run away with him. David is focused now on God and can see clearly. David realized that he can do nothing by himself. David had ran and ran and ran and ran from Saul, but now he ran to God. He ran to God, did not his emotions take over. He didn't lean on his own understanding. He asked God. And I'm not saying this to brag, but I'm going to show you the glory of God. About 25 years ago, I was working with the city of Winston-Salem. And I thought I was flying high. I thought I was doing the thing. And I was the first African-American appointed as assistant superintendent in the public works department. I was somewhere between the seventh and eighth highest ranking African-American official in the city other than the city council. I thought I was doing it. It was supposed to be all this, but I got attacked by the enemy. And my emotions start to boil. My emotions start to play tricks with me. And I was supposed to be all of that looking at myself but I had to go through this valley this valley of preparation the valley of not there yet but on the way I had to encourage myself I had to run to God I, will, I was going to leave the city because emotions were running high I'm, I'm leaving the city they, they did me like this they, they, all this but God used my wife she told me, she looked me in the eyes, she looked up at me, and said, stand still in the valley of not there yet, but on the way. That little short woman said, stand still in the valley. And I don't want to be in the valley, Sharon. Stand still in the valley because you're on your way. The enemy is upset about something. Stand still. I'm going to run. Stand still. And I stood still. And promotion after promotion after promotion came. I was elected first African-American president of the American Public Works Association. And to this date, I'm the only one. And I'm not saying that to glorify me. It's to glorify God because what happened after that, 
because of all that, I was allowed and given a platform to share my testimony, to share my Jesus with all kinds of public works officials in the state of North Carolina, all kinds of officials in the United States through the APA, WA magazines, through the United States and Canada, because I had to stand still in the valley of not yet there. God, I had to encourage myself. Don't let troubles drive you away from God. That's what the devil wants. You need to look the devil in the face. Look him square in the face and say, you have hit me. You, you took some of my stuff, but I don't give up that easy. I come back to get my stuff. We've been talking about seize it. I come to seize my stuff. And you know, you didn't know what I was going to be after the storm and after I refocused, after I ran to God and I can see clearer now. You didn't understand what God was doing. You thought I was down there waddling in the dirt. You thought I was down there not going to get up. You thought I was down there playing possum. But now I'm more wiser because I can see and hear what God is telling me. And I got more power. And I got the anointing of God. And I've got an order, a word from God from the supreme judge, high, sitting high and looking low. And he just told me to go get my stuff. It's time for somebody in here to go get your stuff. You've been sitting up and said, I was supposed to get this job. I was supposed to get that job, but I didn't get it. By, by order El Shaddai, God Almighty, go get your stuff. It's time out for us to sit back and wait and let the devil do anything. Go get your stuff. Go get your help. God, you said I was going to be healed. I am healed in the name of Jesus. Give me my stuff back. Give me my health back. God is in control. Give me my peace back. God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you told me to move here, God. But, but you told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. Devil, give me my peace back. Give me my joy back. God is in control. Devil, give me everything, my joy, my family, my dreams. And it looks like it's too late because the devil said he's got your stuff. He had it for three weeks. It's mine now. He had it for six months. It's mine now. He's had it for a year. And he thought he's going to keep your stuff. But it looks bad because some of you say, well, I'm in the midnight of my life. You say that I, I, I've missed the mark. God said, do this. And because I went this way, I missed the mark. So I, I'm not going to get my stuff back. It looks bad now. But what you got to do is focus on God. Look to the hills which come in your health. Your health coming from the Lord. And not only your health, but the wisdom of God, the power of God. Focus on God. The devil has taken some of your stuff while you wasn't focused. You were looking over here at that. It was shiny. <laughs> and you took it. I wanted this shiny stuff. But the devil is a liar. God made you a promise. He gave you a word. And he's going to keep that word. We got to realize that weeping endureth for a night. But joy 
joy comes in the morning. And it's morning time, saints. And God says, get up and pursue. Come over and overtake them and get your stuff back. Jesus signed that court order in his blood when he hung on that cross and he died. He signed that court order. It's morning now. It is morning now. Devil, give me my stuff back. I've got the blood of Jesus against you. In the name of Jesus, give me my stuff back. When you see the blood of Jesus, you've got to back off and give me my stuff back. I said I'm armed with the word of God and backed by the Holy Spirit. Give me my stuff back. And when Jesus said it was finished on the cross, he signed your order to seize your stuff, to seize your blessing, to seize your dream. Now I see what some of you are thinking. I can see it. Some of you are saying, well, I don't know where my stuff is. I don't know where my stuff is. It's gone. The enemy took it and I looked over here and I looked over here and I can't find it. Well, in verse 11 it says, they ran upon an Egyptian. Well, they were trying to find the Amalekites. As they followed the word of God, which says pursue and overtake them, they ran upon an Egyptian hundreds of miles away from home. In Jewish territory, they ran upon an Egyptian. Is there anybody here can tell me and witness that, that and, and be a witness that God can just drop people in your life, you were in a situation and you, you didn't know how you were going to get out of it. I'm not going to do that job again, but what am I going to do? Well, how am I going to work? God, would I have to move to Indiana? Why? Then God just dropped somebody in your life. They had the right contacts. They had the right resources. They had the right favor. You, 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 everything that you needed, they had. And, and that's what I call a ridiculous blessing because you don't know where they came from. You don't know how they found out about it. But all of a sudden, God just dropped that blessing in your lap. Have you ever had a lap blessing? God just dropped it in your lap. You didn't deserve it. You didn't ask for it. You didn't earn it. But God just dropped a lap blessing. In your life. And that's what happened to David. He was pursuing as God told him. And out of nowhere, there was an Egyptian that had been with Malachite. And you got to understand, the, the Egyptian was wondering, he was wondering, well, why did my master leave me here? Just because I got sick. It said he got sick and they left him there for three days he had been there. And can I tell you that God knows everything? Can I tell you nothing happens that God doesn't know about? Nothing happens that God didn't cause or ordain? Earlier I told you when you're in trouble, everything belongs to God. Your disappointments, your needs, your heartaches. But Psalms 138, 7 and 8 says this. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand 
against the wrath of my enemies. And thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy hand. And what it's saying that is, as I close, that God is concerned about everything that concerns you. There is not one incident in your life that God is not concerned. There's not one incident in your life that God either started it, allowed it, or either caused it to happen. Everything that concerns you, every hair on your head, God's concerned about it, and he knows about it. And as we look back at 2019 and the first two months of 2020 and what we think the devil has stolen or what he might stole, know that God knows where it is. He knows when it was taken, and he knows when you're going to get it back because nothing is lost in the kingdom of God. No matter what happens, you don't need to worry because if it's in the kingdom of God, it's not lost. And just like David, you're going to recover all and more. Go seize your dreams. Go seize your career. Go seize it. There's someone here who said that stuff was stolen last year or uh, yesterday or two weeks ago. It doesn't matter. You've, you've got places to go and, and things you want to do, but you, you said, I can't do it. But a word that God gave you, you're still waiting on it to be manifested. But it is going to come to pass. Realize that when you're in that valley of not there yet, but on the way, God is working with you. There's this sense of presence of somebody there with you when you decide that I'm going to go and find my stuff. You can't let the emotions get hold of you and say, I'm going to do this and abort that blessing. Because if you abort the blessing, it's not on God, it's not on somebody else, but you got to listen, you got to seek God, and he's giving you a court order from on high to go get your stuff. And I don't care what devil in hell told you, you can't get it back. God said, I I signed it. Our, my son wrote with blood that it is yours and you can go seize it. All you got to do is show them the blood and they're going to back up. It's time for the saints of God to go get their stuff yet back. It's time for you to realize that there's someone waiting for you to get your stuff back so you can go over there and witness and testify to him. God gave you his only begotten son that you might have life and life more abundantly. So the enemy said he's going to take it. He's a bold-faced lie because nobody, there's nobody that can stand up to God. It's time for you to take everything back. Stand and look the devil in the face and tell him I dare you to come over here because the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is with me and I'm going to get my stuff back. I'm going to get my joy. I'm going to get my family. I'm going to get my career. Not just a job, but God said he's giving you a career. Some of you are waiting because you think I'm going to court and I'm going to jail. But if you believe in God and you have him as your judge, there's no one that's going to convict you. I say get your stuff back. Hallelujah. It's not about blessings. It's not about man. 
It's about God and his purpose for you. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we don't see what he's doing. Sometimes we'll be down so low and we, we, we start crying and, 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 and saying, God, I've, I've, I've done this. I, I've never, I'm, uh, I'm 90 years old. I'm 50 years old and I never did this and I, I don't see why I'm suffering and everything. But God said, that's okay. It, uh, it's not too late. God used Caleb at 80 years, 85 years old. He can use anybody at a time. He has the power. He has the authority. He is the supreme judge. There are people in here who don't understand that all I have to do is turn to God. All I have to do is say, Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's strength in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. And had it not been for the blood of Jesus, we wouldn't be here. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And all we have to do is plead the blood of Jesus. Walk upright before the Lord. Grab hold of his hand and go get your stuff back. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody standing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for having your son sign that court order. And God, now we know, God, that there are things that belong to us, God, that we can go get. The enemy has told us, Lord, and sold us a bag of lies that we're not going to be anything, that, and we're not going to make it, and, and we're not going to uh, get rid of heart, heart disease and high blood pressure, and, and the cancer is going to kill you. I, I, the devil is a lie. I had prostate cancer, and I'm healed by the name of Jesus, and ain't no devil in hell going to bring it back. So, God, we thank you, God for your son who died on that cross. God, we thank you, God, for caring about us enough, God, that you just spoke a word in our life, God. You thought enough of us, God, to send your only begotten son because you have spoken promises and you've spoken words into lives of your people, God. And whether they miss the mark or they think they're too old, God, quicken in their spirit, God, that you are the beginning and you are the end, Lord God, that you're the giver of life, God, that you ordain everything and it's not too late, God. All they have to do is hold on, Lord God. Seek you, God. Hear your words, God. Don't de de rely on their own psychology. Don't depend on what they think they can do. God, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We pray that it find those who needs to hear this word. Deliver. Set free. Heal, God. Open a door. Shut a door. Send your angels to serve that court order to seize our property. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There may be someone here who wants 
know my Jesus. Someone who's been trying, tried it over and over your way. And it's not working. Or it may be someone here who once knew the Lord. And you decided you wanted to try your own way. And you turned and walked away from God because of disappointment. Well, I want you to know that he's here. persons who wants to know my Jesus he wants to know the one that signed that order for you to get your stuff back I want you to raise your hand you've tried it your way that God is married to the backslide. I want you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't let, don't let fear or shame keep you from making one of the most important decisions of your life. Will there be one? tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.